Hi, everyone, and welcome to Holy Spirit Soapbox. I'm your host, Dan, and if it's your first time here, welcome. We are so glad you're tuning in today. Please feel free to reach out to us on our website or our Gmail. HolySpiritSoapbox.com is the website. Our Gmail is HolySpiritSoapbox at gmail.com. And feel free to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a new episode when we release them. Okay, you also have access to all of our previous episodes. Today, we're going to try something a little bit different. We're going to break down a part of the Bible. We're going to take some verses and we're going to break them down to really dig deeper into them. We'll be breaking down the Lord's Prayer. So for those of you who might remember it, okay, feel free to recite it with me. But that prayer is this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Most of us say amen after that. This is Matthew chapter 6 verses 9 through 13 and this is the NIV that I'm reading from. Now as I mentioned before in a previous episode, every part of the Bible means something. Nothing is in there that does not mean anything that's just thrown in there for fun. Everything has a meaning behind it. So let's break down why this prayer is a guideline for all of our prayers, okay? So let's start at the very top and just work our way down. Let's start with our Father in heaven, okay? This seems pretty self-explanatory. He's in heaven, but is our Father, right? The word our is big here. It's not just one person's father, it's not one race, not one gender, or even religion, or nationality, but it's everybody's father. He is everyone's father. So a good way to start prayers is our father. Let's address him as he is. He is I am, but he is our father, okay? And his domain, if you want to call it that, his kingdom is heaven. This is where he reigns. So, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed means holy or sacred. His name is above all names. Nothing gets bigger than this. This is the creator of everything, the universe. When we think about those who have left legacies, let's say, in history, their name rings in our heads forever, as those who specifically did great things for mankind, right? Imagine a name that has done Everything great for mankind and beyond. This name has literally created the universe and everything in it. This name loved the creation so much and still loves the creation so much that he used this power that he has to save the creation instead of destroy it. This name is history. Okay, so our Father in heaven Hallowed or holy be your name. Your name, he is everything. His name is above all other names. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. The kingdom came with Jesus, okay? But instead of creating our kingdoms and our rules, the kingdom God gave us leads to eternal life, okay? So Jesus is the kingdom on earth. God's will is to have all of his creation back with him, to participate in getting us all back to the garden slash into the kingdom. The word for will used here in Greek is pronounced thelema, which occurs 41 other times in the New Testament. 
all of which relate back to an, e- an act of will or desire or determination of the Father. That's what thelema means. When we read about the will of God, that will is to ensure every man, woman, and child that was created by him knows they're in God's royal family. We just need to accept it. We're in a royal family, y'all. If you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are in the biggest royal family. This is the family of God. And no offense to the queen, okay? And no offense to the British royal family. We definitely should pray for them during this this tough loss, of course. But this is the royal family of God. This is the creator's bloodline. And we all are in it. If And we can just accept that. Accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. The next line is on earth as it is in heaven. So that kingdom we talk about is what's going on in heaven at the moment. He reigns over everything in heaven and it is perfect. It's perfect. His will is to get his kingdom on earth with the perfection that it is in heaven. But we forget what the kingdom actually means. Jesus is the kingdom. When Jesus came to walk the earth, he brought the kingdom here to us. He showed us what God's heart is like and what the kingdom is really like, what heaven is really like. And if we follow in his footsteps, if we follow Jesus, if we accept Jesus, first of all, then you're accepted into the family, as I mentioned. But if you follow Jesus and in his footsteps to to be like Christ, then that is bringing the kingdom to earth and to all the people. Just picture us as little lamps. When we accept Jesus Christ, we our light turns on. Okay, we let that light shine, right? As we hear in the Bible. When we walk around to different people that are maybe in the dark, that's bringing the kingdom to them. It's the same way Jesus brought the kingdom to us. And then we also have that eternal kingdom that we can go to called heaven, right? So on earth as it is in heaven, give us today our daily bread. Now this is... This is one of the deepest parts of this Lord's Prayer. Bread is important and mentioned many times in the Bible. We know this. Jesus was tempted with bread in the, in the desert. Bread was given to the 5,000 along with the fish. Bread was broken and given to the apostles before Jesus was taken and given to the authorities. But bread is not just food. It also means the Word of God and the body of Christ that we need every single day of our lives. The Holy Spirit can put on our hearts, okay, specific verses in different seasons or different moments in our lives. That's a portion of bread that we need. That's the word. Also, each day we battle separating ourselves from God. That that means sin. When we separate ourselves from God or we turn ourselves away from God, that is sin. Which we then should recognize that the body of Christ that was given to us refreshes us and redeems us. So that's the bread portion, but the daily portion, I'm going to screw this up. I know this, (laughs) but daily actually isn't used in the Greek translation. It really isn't. This was added in translations later. The word is epiousios. I think that's how you pronounce this. I'm I'm sure I messed it up. But this is a word that's not normally used in Greek writings, okay? Epiousios. Greek actually has a word for daily. So daily wasn't used here. It was a whole different word. So this is more of an unknown word that when you break it down, 
it means at this time or naturally needed. Either way, the more important point is that God addresses everything and gives us all of our needs. Okay, so give us today our daily bread. He knows what we need, right? So just know that he is going to provide it to you. Now, this next line ties in very well, right? With knowing that we have everything we need, we still try to reach. We still get greedy. We still get selfish. So forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. Or you might have grown up with forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Now, this line ties into being redeemed. If you look at the following verses after the Lord's Prayer, so Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 and 15, it explains debtors and forgiveness. Okay, we're all in debt to, or we all sin against, as I mentioned, God and others every single day. And the wages for sin is death, Romans 6, 23. We desperately, desperately need a forgiving and merciful God. And we got that through Christ Jesus, right? We got the redemption through Christ Jesus. Because we are forgiven, we should always forgive others. The parable of the unmerciful servant explains this very well. Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 through 35 is that parable. I encourage you to read it, but the story goes a little bit like this. A master was collecting debts and... We may do this now, right? If you owe somebody money or if somebody owes you money, you might come to an agreement to say, pay me back in either some kind of service or actual money. Say if you owe $10,000, I'll pay you $1,000 every month until it's paid off for the 10 months. Similar story here. Master was collecting that $1,000 from the entire big mass of whatever that person, that servant owed him. So he's like, I'm here to collect the debts for this time around, this month, we'll say. The servant couldn't pay back the whole thing. He couldn't He couldn't pay him at that time. So his master was like, well, I'm sorry, but your wife and your children will have to also owe me. And the servant begged for forgiveness, and the master had pity on him and, and canceled that debt of his for that time. However, The very next part of this shows that another servant owed some money to the same guy that was forgiven. That same servant that begged for forgiveness from his master to say, please forgive me of my debts. Another servant owed that guy money. And that person, that servant that was forgiven, condemned him and choked him. He even choked the guy. Even though that servant begged him for forgiveness. That forgiven servant was a hypocrite. He was forgiven, but he couldn't forgive his fellow servant? That's crazy. It sounds wild. And the master found out and had this servant work harder now to pay back the debts that were initially forgiven. We all are in debt, though, right? Every single day, as I mentioned, of our lives, we sin against God, or we might sin against people, too, in some form or another. We all need to be forgiven of debts. But we also, because we're forgiven of debts, should forgive our debtors. Now, I want you to notice something about this. It says, and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. This is past tense. When you're coming to God, you should already be repentant. You should already understand where your heart is and you should already understand that, listen, I have debtors, but I already forgave them. So now I'm coming to you, God. And I ask that you forgive me of my debts to you now. 
You've already forgiven the debtors. That means it's in the past. You're not saying, forgive me my debt so, so I can go out and I can forgive other people. No, no, no. You forgive first, and then you ask for forgiveness from God. You have to come to him with a repentant and humble heart. The next line, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Self-explanatory in a way. Temptation is around us all the time. Okay, We're tempted all the time. Every single day we're surrounded by things like greed, lust, anger, all these things that are not fruits of the Spirit. And the list goes on from there, right? There's so many things. We ask God to keep our eyes on Him and seek our treasures in heaven versus on earth. Because by doing so, that will be kept away from falling into temptation. We then ask Him to deliver us from the evil one by mercy. Okay, and in That gives us eternal life by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. So we're forever delivered from evil. So, And why I'm saying this is because we have to keep in mind that we're not tempted by God to do evil. We're not. James chapter 1 verse 13 says this. We are not tempted by God to do evil things. Other aspects of life, including Satan, you know, he plays a role, of course, are responsible for sending these things that add us to cause us to slip up. We ask God to protect us from those things and the evil one, or the evils of this world. Now, all of us usually end this with that word, amen, right? And amen is an agreement, right? It's a ratification. It says, yeah, I agree with everything this person just said, okay? So that's how we would end that prayer. But this is the prayer that we most often hear. But when you really start breaking it down, right, we can get into the nitty-gritty. Why this is a perfect prayer and why it's so ideal is because it keeps us from thinking of ourselves and our selfish wants only, I should say. If you notice, when you go back, each of these verses contains the words our or us, not I or me. We're speaking to God for all of us because that's what Christians should do, right? We, we talked about this a couple episodes ago. Christians should just, we should look out for each other. I mean, we should look out for everybody, right? That's what being Christian is all about. That's what being a Christ follower or a Jesus follower or somebody that wants to step in Jesus's footsteps should do. That's what we do. We have to be loving. That's the first thing. And when we love other people, we're not just praying selfishly to God. He already knows what we need. This prayer is prefaced by a verse that says he already knows what you need, right? I mean, God does ask that you tell him your wants. He does. He asks that you tell him everything. Know my heart, David said. But he wants for us to understand that we're not the center of the universe and that we want his will to be done because his will is perfect for all of us, not just you, for every single person on earth in history, and to be. So that is a prayer that Jesus told the apostles and disciples to use because God, again, knows what we need. And he says to utilize this sort of as a a guideline. We can recite this. Sometimes we don't know what to say, and the Holy Spirit will intervene for you. And that Holy Spirit will speak. You can recite this prayer. There's nothing wrong with that too. Right, So let me know what your thoughts are on this. We'd love to hear from you. Once again, HolySpiritSoapbox.com or HolySpiritSoapbox at gmail.com. I have a couple questions that will help you dig into this prayer a little bit more. Just three questions, and here they are. 
Question one, did you learn a different version of the Lord's Prayer when you were a child or younger or even an adult? If so, how are the words different and how are they similar? Do they mean anything different? Question two, have you ever broken down the Lord's Prayer to understand why these guidelines are ideal? In question three, do you feel using this as a template and knowing more about this prayer may change the way that you pray to God? Thank you all once again for joining in. I would like to pray over you. If you could take your prayer posture, whatever that looks like, let's talk to our Creator. Our Father, thank you for giving us the ability to talk to you directly. We know that using this prayer as a, as a prayer itself or this prayer as guidelines, we're safe in your heart and we're able to be protected and taken care of. Please continue to protect us from sins and selfishness, and please show us how we could better serve you and all of your creation. We ask for your continued mercy and grace each day when we do fall into sin, and we pray over the livelihood of our community as the body of Christ. In Jesus' name, we pray for all of these things. Amen. <laughs>